This evening, we're going to pick up right where we left off last Wednesday evening. And one of the things that we ended on last Wednesday evening is that the key to successful Christianity is that we live the word, we do the word, and we pray the word. You know, it seems like when we get to January, there's a temptation to do all kinds of crazy or radical things. And sometimes we do need to get with it. Sometimes we do need to do something radical if we want different or better results. But I mentioned last Wednesday evening that when, for instance, the power lunches, guys night, when pastor teaches on goals and goal settings, he talks about how you have to have short-term goals, intermediate-term goals, and long-term goals. And I think when we do this thing of we say, well, it's January, I'm going to do some extreme crazy thing that's going to fix the issue or the problem or it's going to fix every problem, inevitably it doesn't. Inevitably we get bitter and frustrated and burnout and all those other things and we go back to old patterns and old habits. The best thing is to do as James said and that is to do the good we know we should do, and to do that faithfully and consistently day after day. An example I gave last Wednesday evening is it's better to have a time set aside for prayer every day, whether 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or longer. Again, there's no guilt or condemnation. You might be a new believer, or maybe you've been a believer a while, but you're just starting to venture into these waters but it's better to have a faithful and consistent prayer time 365 days of the year than it is to try and do some crazy thing this Friday night and say, well, I'm gonna stay up all night this Friday night and pray. Better to pray Friday morning for 20 minutes, Saturday morning for 20 minutes, Sunday for 20 minutes, and then the seven days after that and the seven days after that. So I want to challenge you that as we're here at the beginning of a new year to set aside the time to spend time in the word every day and to set aside the time to fellowship with our heavenly father every day and to do that faithfully and consistently. And again, if you haven't done this at all, you might start out 10 minutes in the word, 10 minutes in prayer and do that faithfully and consistently for a couple weeks, maybe a month or two, then, then double that 20 minutes in the word 20 minutes in prayer, 30 minutes in the word, 30 minutes in prayer. But it's better to be faithful and consistent than occasionally do some crazy thing or extreme thing or radical thing. And Pastor and I teach this because there have been times where we've done crazy or extreme radical things and we learned that that, that didn't have the effect that we wanted it to have. John 15, 7 has been a key verse on Wednesday nights in this series. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Abiding means to live in, to settle down in, to take up residence in. So this requires faithfulness. This requires consistency. And abiding has everything to do with answered prayer. Abiding requires that we obey the commands of God. Abiding requires that we truly live the Christian life. You know, when as, I, as a young man hear faith ministers say things like, 
the teachings of Jesus don't apply to us today, I'm just horrified. Because growing up, my father taught me to read the Gospels. I would have been maybe junior high, a little bit younger, and he gave me a copy of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which is an exposition of Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. To follow Jesus were to do what he taught, and we are to live out what he taught, and we are to live out the commands of Jesus. My father told me at one point that in the 70s, David Wilkerson wrote a little book called The Commands of Jesus, and people were angry about it. People were upset about it in the non-denominational Christian world. And you would think, well, to Christian people, how could that be upsetting or offensive? But it was about things we must do, requirements, things that are not optional for us as believers. But these things have everything to do with answered prayer. For instance, forgiveness. Peter said, well, Lord, how many times am I to forgive? You know, and Peter thought, I'm going to throw out a number that I think is acceptable, up to seven, seven times. And Jesus said, no, 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 much, much more than that. We go to Mark 11. This has everything to do with answered prayer. This has everything to do with us being forgiven. So abiding has everything to do with answered prayer. And abiding has, it requires that we obey the commands of God and that we truly live a Christ-like life. Abiding requires that we be doers of the word of God. Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You go over to 1 John. 1 John in his epistle points out that if we're going to be heard and have confidence when we pray, our heart cannot condemn us. Why do the hearts of believers condemn them when they pray? Well, even if they've only heard a little word, they're a believer, they've heard some word, maybe occasionally they've opened their Bible and read a little bit, maybe occasionally they've seen a devotional on Facebook, so they have some knowledge, but if they're not living the life and obeying God and living a life pleasing the Lord, their heart condemns them when they pray. Well, if our heart condemns us, we don't have confidence. And if our heart condemns us, we can't pray in faith. So Jesus said, Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And so Jesus was describing the man or woman who may act religiously, but they're not a doer of the word. James 1, James tells us, but be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving or deluding yourselves. The NIV says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And I understand that for us as Protestant believers, you, know, you go to the King James of James 1 and James 2, and in the King James, it's translated as works. And I understand that the Protestant Reformation was a reaction to works righteousness. You heard me preach Sunday in reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I point out it applies to salvation, healing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is by grace and it is by faith, this not of ourselves, so that no man can boast. It is a gift of God, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. So we're saved by grace and we receive that by faith. And the same is true of these other blessings 
but then it is incumbent upon us to obey the commands of Jesus and to become more like Christ as we walk with him and to do what the word says and to live, live out the word as James says in the King James. But be ye doers of the word. And if we don't live that life, well, we have deceived ourselves. And it has everything to do with answered prayer. Someone who is not a doer of the word is double-minded and they don't live a life of answered prayer. Look at James 1, beginning in verse 5. James 1, beginning in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. So again, we ask and we receive. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Well, that's grace and mercy. It gives generously to all. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. To think about it a different way, you've heard pastors say that part of success is getting all the forces of your life lined up and moving in the same direction. Your faith, what you believe, but also your action, but your confession, your action, your faith, your prayer life, get all the force of your life lined up and moving in the same direction. Well, what's a double-minded man or woman? Well, they believe one thing, but they say another. They, they may pray one thing, but their, their actions are contrary to what they say they believe or what they're praying or what they tell people they believe on Sunday when they're in church. They're double-minded. And James tells us that a double-minded man or woman will not receive anything from the Lord. And we're double-minded when we say, I love Jesus, but we don't do what he taught. I love Jesus, but we don't do what he said. I love Jesus, but we don't obey his commands. He dealt with that in Matthew's gospel, that there will come a day when there will be those who even did miracles who will stand before him and he will say, away from me, I never knew you, you evil doers. So someone can say, I, I love Jesus, yet are all the forces of their life lined up and moving in the same direction. And that's why 1 John is so great. This is love for God to obey his commands. See, somebody might say, oh yes, I love Jesus and I, I feel that in my heart. Well, again, how does the Bible, how does the New Testament define love for God? John tells us it is to obey the commands of God. So you cannot grow or develop your faith without taking action on the word of God. You can de cannot develop a prayer life that is anything but empty words unless the word of God, the Bible, is a part of your life. So that, praise God for Sunday. Praise God for Wednesday. Praise God for messages on the app. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But we also have to open the Bible for ourselves in our own time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And you read the Bible for yourself to learn, to grow, to mature. Dietrich Bonhoeffer taught the young men that he was training for ministry to open the Bible and saying, what is God saying to me today, here, now? What is the Lord speaking to me today, here, now? What does the word of God have to say today, 
here, now, in my life, in this time, in this situation. Well, that, that, that completely changes everything. And then it becomes a living, growing, maturing relationship. But this is part of abiding, to abide in him and to abide in his word and to let him and his word abide in you. So you cannot develop a prayer life that is anything but empty words unless the word of God becomes a part of your life. So again, the key to successful Christianity is to live the word, to do the word, and to pray the word. You know, if somebody goes to the cafe and they get the confession booklet or they get the book of prayer and they begin confessing and praying, it's all wonderful, but then the, their action and their life needs to line up with that confession booklet and that prayer booklet. And they need to be a, a doer of the word of God. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you know, they can confess the scriptures that have to do with finances, but if they don't go to work, and if they don't do their part, and if they don't give God some work of their hands to bless, well, their, their faith and their praying and their confession is going to be short-circuited. You know, Paul said, if a man does not provide for his family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You might say that's pretty strong. That's not Austin, that's the Apostle Paul. So again, it's living the life. It is a total package. So that's the key to live the word, to do the word, and to pray the word. Someone might know the Bible. They might know what the Bible says. You know, when I was in school and got into higher education and then began reading certain books, I read books by people, and they, they know what the Bible says. They know the scriptures. They know a lot more about it than I do, but they, they do not believe and they do not do. And that is the issue. Someone may know the Bible, they may know what it says, but if they're not a doer of the word, then they live in the sense realm, not in faith. They live in the realm of the flesh and they walk by the flesh and not by the word. And I think when we live in the realm of the sense and we walk by the flesh, that's when we have a tendency to get into fleshly things because when we're walking by the flesh and we're walking in the senses and not by the word, that doesn't work. And so to make ourselves feel better about that not working, we get into sense, things that have to do with the realm of the senses. We get into the things of the flesh to make ourselves feel better. And too many believers walk by the flesh and not by the word. James 1, beginning in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And we might think, oh, I don't really understand that. I looked and I don't remember if I did my hair properly or not. Well, when James wrote this, a mirror would have been very rare or uncommon. And somebody would have had to be very wealthy. They would have to be connected to someone who could have provided a mirror and if you've ever been in Europe or other places where you've seen a really old mirror, they're not like the mirror you have in your home that you use to get ready for church tonight, amen. And so in that day, if you had seen yourself in a mirror, you wouldn't have forgotten it. But he says that the man, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what he says, like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, which is the word of God, and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. In James 1, verse 25, it is the New Testament version of Joshua 1, verse 8. What James writes to us in James 1, 25 is the New Testament version of Joshua 1, 8. And Joshua, the Lord told Joshua, meditate on my word or on my law day and night, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. James tells us the man or woman who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, which is the word of God, and continues to do this. So praise God for devotional time on Monday. Well, now it's Wednesday, and tomorrow is Thursday. And so being heard, being answered, having confidence when we pray, it has everything to do with whether or not we are abiding in him and his word and whether or not he and his word are abiding in us. The man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You know, it's interesting in the gospels when the gospel writers record that Jesus ministered and then he would go off by himself to pray and rest. When I read those passages, I notice he always went off to pray and rest by himself. And the Lord Jesus, I'm sure he was nice and kind when he walked this earth. And so had Peter asked, can I come along? Or had James or John, those the three among the 12, had they asked, can we come along? I'm sure the answer would be yes. But he would minister and then he would go off by himself to rest and pray. And I noticed that he was always alone. The disciples said on one occasion, Lord, teach us to pray. And we have the Lord's Prayer. We have other things. You can read all about it, but at some point you just have to do it. And the reality is, do we always feel like praying? Do we always feel spiritual when we pray? Praise God for the presence of the Lord. Praise God for those times when we sense his presence. It is so wonderful, but that's not 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, my life, I, I think now with just the life, the schedule we have, uh, my internal clock works pretty good. So I still set my alarm for backup, amen. I believe in double, triple, quadruple back, backup. And so especially for Friday and Saturday morning, but most mornings, 5.30 comes around, and I, I'm just awake, and I'll be awake about a minute or two before my alarm, alarm goes off. There, there are some mornings where you sense the presence of the Lord, but we don't walk by that. There, there are some mornings where you want to hit the snooze button and hit it about 10 more times, need a couple extra coffees to get going. So we, we can read all about prayer, and we can learn all about prayer, and we can talk about what Jesus did, how sweet, how wonderful his example, but at some point you just have to pray. You just have to do it. And notice what James here says. He says, but doing it, doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. And you might say, well, Austin, what are some distinctive things about Faith Christian Center? Well, here's one of them. We emphasize 
the doing. He will be blessed in what he does. And so Jesus would minister sometimes in the morning or the evening or sometimes in the evening, extending in the morning. He would go off by himself to do what? To rest and to pray. And I, I, I notice all of those examples throughout the Gospels, he went by himself. He went by himself. He went by himself. Ministered for just over three years and went by himself. How many opportunities in the history of planet Earth and God's dealings with man was there an opportunity to go off and to pray alongside God in the flesh? But they were doing other things. They were eating, fellowshipping, or sleeping. Then later, towards the end of his ministry in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he, Jesus prayed the prayer of consecration, he had taken Peter, James, and John, the three among the 12, and more than once he found them sleeping. I like the King James. Could you not tarry or keep watch just one hour? See, Jesus could withdraw and pray because that was the life that he lived. Whether you feel like it or not, it was the life he lived. So he, he was disciplined and he was focused. So we learn and know, we can, we can know all there is to know about prayer. But the blessing is in the doing. James 1.25, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Say, I'm blessed in the doing. I'm blessed doing. Say it again, say, I'm blessed in the doing. And the key, as I began this evening, is to be faithful and consistent in that doing. As James writes later, in the good that we know we ought to do. Sadly, many know the word, but do not practice it or live it out. They know what the scriptures say, but they choose to violate the scriptures. For instance, it was in the proverb for today, Proverbs 17, verse 13, if a man pays back evil for good, evil will never leave his house. We know as Christian people, we're to, we're to love, we're to walk in love. We are to forgive. If someone does us wrong, we're to put it into the hands of God. We're to put it in the hands of God for God to deal with. The Bible says, New Testament, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. God's people know that. Even if they haven't been in church a whole lot, they should know a little bit about forgiveness and walking in love. And yet, what do people choose to do? Well, they choose to repay evil for good. And the Bible says evil will never leave their house. So there are those that know the word, yet they choose not to be doers of the word. Or they know what the Bible says, even about penalties for wrongdoing. And yet they choose, they choose to disobey the word. Too many know what the word says, but do not practice it. Again, James 1.25, the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. And someone might say, well, obedience and commands and doing, that, that's bondage. It's not. Living life God's way brings freedom. Doing things God's way brings freedom. Waking up and setting time aside with the Lord and spending time in the Word and time in prayer, it brings freedom. Starting the day and getting in sync and getting into alignment. You know, a lot of believers are like a car that's never been maintained. The oil's not been changed. The tires are balding. So they've hit 100 potholes doing things their way. And so the whole thing is out of alignment. 
well, the, the Lord, you know, the Lord's teaching me something. The, the, it's just a such, it's such rough goings. Well, my Bible says that the Lord sets an easy path before the righteous. He, he lays forth a, a highway. I have to look up the reference now. A highway for the righteous. Well, I don't picture, for instance, Broad Street and Mansfield, which they've redone again and again and again. And I don't care how nice your car is or how nice your tires, you still drive down that like somebody's brother-in-law's prospered doing that a dozen times. Now they've just put asphalt over it to make it better. <laughs> when I, I picture the Lord setting a highway before me, I picture something like the Audubon. Maintained, smooth, but see, we, we've got to do our part, and those, those oil changes are necessary, and that happens when we spend time in the Word, and we spend time in prayer, and the Lord, we don't just talk to the Lord, the Lord talks to us, and the Lord convicts us, and the Lord points things out in our lives that need to be changed, that need to be done differently, that need to be repented of, or turn from, the man who looks into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Say it again, say, I'm blessed in the doing. I'm blessed in the doing. And again, it's to be faithful in that and consistent. And an example is in our finances. Yes, we pray and confess what the word says regarding our finances, but we also have to do our part. And again, I think of January and I think of, unfortunately, some of the extreme things that people get into to try and fix their situation. And yes, there are spiritual disciplines and yes, we are to utilize those spiritual disciplines. They're, they're tools in the tool belt. But if someone needs the Lord to bless them in their finances, they come to me and say, Austin, I need a miracle in my finances. Do I need to fast? My first question is going to be, well, do you go to work? Do you have a job? Do you have a full-time job? Do you have something you do consistently or you change what you do every other month? Do you tithe? Do you put God first? Do you save? See, th those are going to be my questions. And so people will not want to do those things and then they'll want to skip a few meals to, to fix not doing the things we know we should do from the word of God. And again, fasting puts the flesh under. It is a spiritual discipline. Jesus said, when we, give to the for, when we give to the poor, when we pray, when we fast. So it is a spiritual discipline, but it has to be utilized rightly and appropriately as led by the Holy Spirit. But if someone is violating scripture by not going to work and not putting God first, no amount of fasting is gonna fix that. And no amount of fasting is going to cause God to bless their disobedience. And you might say, why is it? We, we love you. We're for you. And we, we don't want you to be frustrated doing things that aren't effective. We want you to, to do the things that are effective. So yes, we pray and confess what the word says. For example, regarding our finances, but we have to also do our part. And there are Christians who pray or fast or have hands laid upon them regarding their finances, but they don't do what the word says. Well, we know from the scriptures that God blesses the work of our hands. 
We know from Proverbs 3, beginning of verse 9, that we have to honor the Lord with our wealth. The Living Bible says the first part of all our income, then our barns will be filled to overflowing. And somebody might say, well, Pastor Austin, I don't believe that. I'm gonna just pray all night tonight. Well, you can pray all night, every night this week, but that's not gonna change. You're not going to work. And if you stay up all night trying to pray, I don't see how you're going to be effective at work tomorrow. Is this too practical tonight? So again, the best thing is to be a doer of the word and to be faithful and consistent in being a doer of the word. Again, James says that we're blessed, that man is blessed in what he does. And that's the key. And this is a distinctive of Faith Christian Center, yes? We teach taking action on the word of God. And that's what yields fruit and blessing. That's what yields the fruit of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord in our lives and in our circumstances. And this applies to every area of life, yes, in our finances, but also in your marriage, your home, your family. Mention walking in love, forgiveness. You know, Lord, you know, I pray that you would make my wife nicer. And I'm even going to get a hanky and anoint it with oil and put it under her pillow. Well, if you don't walk in love and treat her as Jesus treats the church, as I believe it's Peter tells us, your prayers will be hindered. And the Lord's not going to answer that prayer. What you need to be is a doer of the word. And you need to be kind, need to walk in love, and you need to treat your wife as Christ treats his bride, which is the church. The blessing is in the doing. So this applies to every area of life. Yes, your finances, but also your marriage, your home, your family, child raising and parenting. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil, spoil the child. And of course, when a child gets older, there comes a point where they're, they're too big to put them over your knee. There have to be other consequences. There have to be other penalties. You know, what Jessica could tell you, we've, you know, as young as our children are, there, there have been times where we said, well, because of your behavior, you're not going to that. Remember once there was something that was like really important to Sophie. And I said, because of how you behaved, you are not going. Even I think Jessica at the time thought, that's too tough. Maybe we need to come up with another consequence. But why? That's what I see in the word of God. That when we do what's right, God blesses. When we do what's wrong, there are consequences and there are penalties. And somebody might say, well, I, I just don't believe we ought to do things that way. Well, see, then they're doing things contrary to the word, well, then you get to a point where you need God to do a miracle because of rebellion or some other issue. So you're praying for God to do a miracle and you're, you know, you're pouring anointing oil on them when they're asleep or putting a hanky under their pillow or whatever it is. But none of that will fix not being a doer of the word and not in your home governing what goes on by the standard of God's word. So this applies to every area of life. It applies to our behavior. As followers of Christ, our behavior ought to be ethical and it ought to be moral. 
If someone came to Faith Christian Center from another full gospel church or faith church, they might ask, well, what's different about Faith Christian Center? Well, we don't just teach faith. We teach faith plus character. See, when people, are, it's faith, 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 but not an emphasis on the word of God, the commands of God, the obedience of God, or holiness and righteousness, they're treating faith like magic. They're treating faith like the force in Star Wars. But faith, at any time, whether it's Wednesday nights or the Holy Week revival or a special series, when we teach on faith, we always boil it down to faith is taking action on the word of God. And I can't believe God to bless me in this part of my life if in these other areas, my life doesn't line up to the word. And it is contrary to the word. So as an example, at Faith Christian Center, we teach faith and character. And yes, holiness, righteousness, sanctification, it is all part of the equation, the formula for success. We teach acting on the word, and that's where the powers, and that's what the Bible says do. Jesus instructed us in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do what? To obey everything I have commanded you. So over and over, Jesus taught doing, and he taught doing what he said. He emphasized that, and that is discipleship. And there are many that are believers, but they have not yet become disciples. How can we say that we abide in Jesus and we abide in his word and that Jesus and his words abide in us if we don't do what he taught and if we don't obey his commands? Jesus said in John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. Matthew 12, verse 48, he replied, and they had been doing miracles. There was a crowd, there was a commotion. His mother had come with his half brothers and sisters wanting to bring him home. He replied, who is my mother and my who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciple, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So over and over, Jesus taught doing, and that is discipleship. Again, James tells us, but be doers of the word. Do we always feel like walking in love? No. Do we always feel like forgiving? Do we always feel like getting up and going to work and providing? No. But be ye doers of the word. You know, and I, I understand, and I especially understand when they're little. Jessica and I, we've got 13-year-old and on down. We, we've got a three-year-old. I understand that sometimes you're busy, you're doing what you're doing. You do not want to hit the pause button, bring everything to a stop so you can have 15 or 20 minutes of discipline and correction and guidance, and then followed by love, and it, it, it's okay, and... And all of that, I understand. But we have to take the time because we are to be, but be ye doers of the word of God. And as we begin, you know, there are mornings you won't feel like getting up to pray or spend time with the Lord in his word. Or if you have a different schedule, there'll be times you come home and you don't feel like opening your Bible or spending a little time in prayer before you go to sleep. But be ye Doers of the word. The blessing is in the doing. 
Isaiah 1, 19 and 20, we know this. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, the living Bible. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, I'll make you rich. But if you keep on turning your backs and refusing to listen to me, you will be killed by your enemies. We have the answer for every situation, every problem, every concern, every worry. We have every answer in his word. We just have to be willing to take action and do what the word says. Now, how can we measure or evaluate our faith? The measure to which I actually live out the word is a measure of my faith. God's word lives in me as I practice and do it. And my prayer life is productive to the extent to which I take action on the word. And that's why if in any area of your life, the Lord is dealing with you about something or the Holy Spirit is repeatedly bringing something back to you to do or to change or to make right, take action on that. You've heard pastors say that if you're like, I have had no fresh rhema words from the Lord, as Kenneth Hagin Sr. taught, go back to the last fresh word you had from the Lord where he dealt with you about something or told you to do something and you didn't do it for whatever reason and do it, fix it, make it right. Then move forward in faith. The blessing is in the doing. As James says, we will be blessed in what we do. How can I measure or evaluate my abiding or the extent to which I'm abiding in him and his word? by the measure to which I actually live out the word in my life and circumstances. James 1, 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says. It's like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You know, when kids are little, you have to remind them about a lot of things. You know, I went in Julia's room the other night, and it's time to read. Did you pick out a book for me to read? And I, I just, I'm on autopilot. Did you brush your teeth? I shouldn't have to ask the older ones, but sometimes I do. They say good morning, and I say, did you brush your teeth? <laughs> now, don't, don't repeat any of this. Don't get me in trouble. You know, did you brush your teeth? You didn't tell me. Well... <laughs> Okay, she's little, but if she's 12, should I have to tell her every night? You're a grown-up, you're an adult. When you get in bed and, you know, lean over to your honey and say, good night, I love you, they shouldn't have to say, did you brush your teeth? <laughs> well, not when you're 30 or 35 or 40. So when we are the, the man or woman that keeps forgetting what we have heard, well, we're immature. We're double-minded. And God cannot answer that. And God cannot bless that. And somebody might say, well, they, they dealt with this or preached on this. and I've heard that before. Well, are you living it out? If you're not living it out, you're like the man or woman who forgets what they have heard. And if you don't live it out, you don't enjoy the fruit of it or the blessing of it. So we cannot forget the word that we've heard. 
and the word that we've read and the word that we've studied and the word that we hear in church and the word that we hear during the week. And we cannot forget who we are in Christ and what belongs to us. If we forget, if we're the man or woman that keeps forgetting and we're forgetful and you know we're just aimless and doing this and trying that and not doing what works, then we're the man or woman who forgets and God cannot bless that. Let's end with James 1.25. The man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. So obeying God and obeying the commands of Jesus and doing the good that we know we should do, it doesn't lead to bondage. It doesn't lead to trouble or difficulty. It leads to freedom and continues to do this faithfully, consistently, day after day, week after week, month after month, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Amen. Say it again, say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. In, the doing. in the doing. So again, beginning of the year, wanna challenge you, whatever your level, whether you've been a believer a month or longer than that or 10 years or like me, gave your life to the Lord and Children's Church, so your answer is a long time. I wanna challenge you to set aside time to spend with the Lord every day. Something that for you and your life and where you're at is reasonable and doable. And if you miss once or twice, you're not gonna get into guilt or condemnation over it. Whether 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I wanna encourage you to spend time in the word and time in prayer every day. I wanna encourage you to do the daily Bible reading want to encourage you to do as pastors challenged us to do, to be mindful of leading one person, Lord, every month. So not just praying regarding your own needs, but praying regarding people you know coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Also among us, there are those that are fighting the fight of faith. And all of us, we get told this or that throughout the week, a need, a challenge, whatever it is. So in your prayer time, don't just pray regarding your own needs, pray regarding others. And if you'll do that faithfully and consistently, God will bless that time and it'll be fruitful and it'll yield great fruit.